sermon I'm about to read was prepared by Reverend George Naponska of the Jubilee Community Reformed Church in Ottawa. The text he has chosen is Acts 16, verse 14 to read. Uh, we'll read that together, and after the sermon, let us sing in response to hymn 5. congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. On April 21st, Rachel DeBoer, Adam Duker, Christine Dijkhuizen, Kimberly Jansen, Josh Ostermeyer, Sabrina Vindelvin, Tara Vanderveen, Destiny Vetcher, and Courtney Warhorse all made public profession of faith and so became members of this congregation. This was a wonderful moment for these nine young people and for all of us. We witnessed in this God's direction over our lives. God is sovereign. He has our lives in his hands. He leads us and he guides us. We believe and confess that he also led these these young people to that day when they made their profession of the Reformed faith and became members, brothers and sisters of the Reformed Church. This morning, I would draw your attention to another sister of the church, a sister in the faith whose name is Lydia. The story of Lydia shows very clearly how God is sovereign, how God has our lives in his hands, how God leads our lives and guides us along through life. It all flows from God's hands. Salvation is of God. He begins a work in us. He brings it to completion. He will bring it to perfection. This morning we will see that salvation is of God. We will see that it is God who first sent the gospel, secondly opens the heart, and thirdly works a response. First then, it is God who sends the gospel. He sends it where he wills, when he wills. That the gospel reaches this country in certain times of the gospel to this place and then to that place. We see this very clearly in the story about the conversion of Lydia. How was it that Lydia could hear the Apostle Paul preach the gospel in Philippi? Both Lydia and Paul were a long way from home. Lydia was from Thyatira, about 500 kilometers away, while Paul was from Antioch, well over a thousand kilometers away. How did it come about that they were both in Philippi? Well, Lydia was a businesswoman, and she sold purple cloth. Purple cloth was very expensive. Thyatira specialized in it. The purple dye was made from the secretion of a certain type of shellfish called the mollusk. Only recently are colors produced chemically. A certain gland in the mollusk 
produced a tiny drop of liquid purple. Six of those 8,000 mullets were needed to produce a gram of purple dye. Purple cloth was buried in centuries. Purple was the color of the emperors and a very wealthy people. Lydia was a wealthy businesswoman from Thyatira who had climbed her trade in the European city of Philippi. That sounds interesting, Philippi. But how did Paul get to be in Philippi? Certainly had not been his plan to be there. Sometime earlier, Paul had left Antioch on what would have been what would be his second missionary journey. His travel companion was Silas. As they were traveling, Timothy and Luke, the author of Acts, hooked up with them. It had been Paul's plan to preach in the province of Asia, in the western part of what is today called Turkey. But, as verse 6 says, the Holy Spirit did not let them preach the word in the province of Asia. We don't know how the Holy Spirit prevented them, but he did, perhaps by a revelation or vision or dream. Paul and his companions were coming from the east. At some point, the Holy Spirit prevented them from going farther west into Asia. So, they went north. They came to the border of the northern province of Bithynia. Paul wanted to take the gospel into Bithynia, which would have taken them in a northeast direction. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not let them go farther. So they went down to the coastal town of Troas, somewhat at a loss as to where they were to go. The Lord made it clear that night. Paul had a vision of a Macedonian man begging Paul to come over and talk to his people and to help them. As verse 10 says, they concluded that God was calling them to preach the gospel in Macedonia. They found a ship going across, and in two quick days, they made the trip that would often take five days. They landed at Neapolis and traveled up to Philippi, an important city and a Roman colony of Macedonia. God wanted the gospel preached in Philippi. He wanted a woman of Thyatira running a business in Philippi to hear the gospel and to be drawn into the church. God sent his herald of the gospel, the Apostle Paul, according to his plan. Not according to Paul's plan, but his. Paul wanted to go this way, God made him go that way. Paul wanted to go that way, God made him go this way. Until he was where God wanted him. In Philippi, man plans, God directs. That holds for all of life, and certainly for where and when message is proclaimed. After they had been in Philippi for a few days, it was Sabbath day. Apparently, Philippi did not have much of a Jewish community. It did not have the required quorum of ten men to form a synagogue. So, two Jewish believers had the habit of gathering outside the town at the river to pray. Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke went there on the Sabbath day. There they found a group of women. They sat down and began to speak with them about the Lord Jesus Christ. They showed some scripture 
that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior that God had promised those who would go to him. They proclaim the Lord Jesus as the eternal Son of God, sent by God the Father into this world, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. They spoke about how he had died on the cross for sinners, but had arisen again and had ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God. They told the women that this Savior, Christ Jesus, was coming again on the clouds of heaven to judge the living and the dead. They proclaimed the same Lord Jesus Christ and the same gospel that we proclaim today. One of the women listening was Lydia. Lydia was not Jewish. She was a Gentile, but was attracted to the God of the Jews. She was a Gentile worshiper of the one true God, the God of Jesus. When she listened to the gospel Paul proclaimed, she heard Paul's message. In the wonderful providence of God, Lydia was there. The Apostle Paul came, the gospel was proclaimed, all according to the sovereign plan of God. God is in control that you are hearing the gospel today because of the providence of God. Did you grow up in a Christian family? Have you known the gospel as long as you can remember? That is in the providence of God. Did you come to know the good news about Jesus Christ later in life? That was in the providence of God. God is in control. Today, God and his providence have brought you under the proclamation of the gospel. For you, it may be the 5,000th time or the first time, but today you are under the preaching of the gospel, the good news of a free salvation by Jesus Christ. That good news will call you to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, we'll see that God will open the heart. As Lydia listened to Paul's message, the Lord opened her heart to believe the message Paul spoke. God opens the heart. Not only does he sovereignly send the gospel, he also sovereignly opens the human heart. Our hearts need to be opened. Lydia's heart needed to be opened. By nature, our hearts are closed. Ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin and took the whole human race down with them, our hearts are closed to God. Why? Man does not have a free will anymore. Once man did, he was created with a free will, but he lost that in sin. Man will be bound to sin and the devil. Oh, fallen man can make choices. He can choose to turn right or left when it comes to an intersection. He can choose to buy a Pepsi or a Coke, but he cannot, of himself, apart from the Holy Spirit, choose for God. He cannot, out of himself, choose to perform any moral good. No one can convert himself. We are born spiritually dead, incapable of any saving good, inclined to control, dead in sin, enslaved to others. And without the grace of the regenerating Holy Spirit, we neither will nor can return to God, reform our depraved nature, or prepare ourselves for reformation. So God can, and he does. Together with the message of salvation, God sends the Holy Spirit, 
Spirit brings us back to God. The Holy Spirit prepares us for the change and then actually changes us. You see how God prepared Lydia for that day. She was a worshiper of God. She made a habit out of gathering together with the few Jewish believers in Philippi on the Sabbath day to worship God. God was preparing Lydia. But Lydia did not yet know Jesus Christ until the Apostle Paul came with the full and true message of salvation in Christ Jesus. It was like a key had been inserted into Lydia's heart and turned. Her heart opened to the message of the Savior, God the Father. Paul and Lydia met that day, but it was not Paul's preaching as such that opened Lydia's heart. Paul did not open her heart. Neither did Lydia open her heart. There was someone else there that day, the Lord. Now he opened her heart. The meeting between Lydia and Paul would have been meaningless if the Lord had not been there. He was there. And with his almighty, effectual, and invincible grace, Christ Jesus opened her heart and interest. Today, the Lord Jesus Christ has come here with this key, with his key. He is putting it into your heart. He is turning the key and opening your heart. Do not resist it. Do not push yourself away from that work. We need to understand that although the Lord is the Lord who opens the heart, this does not mean that we are passive and complacent in the enterprise. Lydia went to the place of prayer. So we need to go to the place of worship. Lydia listened to Paul's message. So we should listen to the message of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel is the way God has ordained to open people's hearts. We need to pay heed to the gospel message. We push it away. We say we have no time for it. We say we are not interested in faithful preaching, but we need to know what we are doing. We are pushing away the key that Christ is pointing at our hearts. It is that key with which he would open our hearts. The message of salvation is being proclaimed as Jesus is reaching forward to your heart to grace the message. Grace that Christ Jesus proclaims in the message. Finally, we will see it is God who works through his Son. When the Lord opened Lydia's heart, she responded to Paul's message. It was the Lord evoking a response from her. Her response has several different aspects to it. First, she began to believe in the Lord. She said it in verse 15, You consider me a believer in the Lord. She realized that apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving work done on the cross for her, she had nothing. She looked to Christ in faith. Then she responded by being baptized. Baptism is a sign of the covenant God has with us. By baptism, we are grafted into God's covenant people, the church. Through Paul, Christ Jesus was establishing the church in Philippi. Lydia was his first member. Lydia has the distinction of being the first European Christian. The Lord continued to build his church in Philippi. By the end of chapter 16, we see there were more converts and they met in Lydia's house. We know the work continued. For we have a letter of Paul.
call to the Philippians, where she mentions that there were elders and deacons, and the offices were established. Lydia was the beginning of the church. By baptism, she was visibly grafted into the church. Together with her household, she lived with Jesus. When Lydia came to faith, the promises of God's covenant and the blessings of church membership fell over her family, her household. Together with her, her household was drawn into the covenant of the Lord God. The Lord evoked further response out of Lydia, a response of hospitality. The Bible calls us to be hospitable to others. Romans 12, verse 13 says, Share the God, share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, verse 9, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. She invited the Apostle Paul and his three travel companions to her home. She was showing hospitality to fellow believers, and we must do that. But this response to Paul's message was more than even that. She was showing hospitality to the Word of God. When the Lord Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the message of the kingdom of heaven, he told them not to be worried about food and money. He said, whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your food rest on it. Lydia was worthy. The Lord opened her heart to the gospel. She opened her home to the gospel preaching. She opened it to the gospel itself. The, this, passage, this passage of scripture and the story of Lydia brings us to pray to the sovereign God who admits our uncertainties over our lives and assures that the gospel is proclaimed. Who in his invincible grace opens our hearts to the message of the gospel by the renewing work of the Holy Spirit evokes an obedient response from out of us. Our attention in this sermon has been focused on the work God used in the life of Lydia some two millennia ago. Lydia was confessing her faith. A few weeks ago, nine young people stood before this congregation and confessed their faith. The same faith that Lydia confessed. Faith in a sovereign God, in a gracious God, the Lord confirm these young people and us all in that faith we share 